there were at the last con I went to. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. There were about as many Negans as there were Deadpools and Harleys. <laughs> and yet, this, this you'll probably find this interesting, Matt, as a Star Wars fan. There were more Rays and more Kylo Rens than there were, like, old Star Wars. New Star Wars totally took over old Star Wars. Oh, yeah, whatever's new, new and hot at the moment, like Harley Quinns and Arrows and Red Hoods or whatnot. <laughs> not nearly as many Red Hoods, I will admit. The last con I went to, not nearly as many Red Hoods. Give it time, wait till he appears in, like, a movie or a video game or something. Well, one, because, you know, obviously I am a, am a connoisseur of fine Green Arrow cosplays. Uh, there was, you know, a bunch of ones from the TV show. There was at least one really great comic accurate one with, you know, the Errol Flynn mustache and everything. And then there was yeah. one kid, and I say kid because he was much younger, but he was dressed up as Flashpoint Green Arrow. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's a really interesting costume because Flashpoint Green Arrow was like in one comic. He didn't get a mini. He got a one-shot. Yeah, I remember seeing one from a con I went to, I think, about a year and a half ago. They they cosplayed as the Dark Knight Returns oh. Green Arrow with the one arm. He didn't have oh. the, the cosplayer didn't have an arm, so he went as that that one. That's, I thought that was really cool. That's fucking brilliant. That's cool. I would have loved to have snapped a picture of that guy. I'm so I'm so pissed I didn't. I didn't have my camera on me that day. I would I would have loved it the most. I would have totally marked out over that one. <laughs> and uh, and with that, everyone, I welcome you to a brand new episode of the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. Uh, I am Joel. Joining me this week is my bad hombre co-host, Matt. We're, <laughs> we're going to grab this podcast game, and we're just going to shake it around. We're going to grab you by the ears is what we're going to do, right, Matt? Yep. <laughs> Gotta keep this shit nice and topical in this podcast game. If you If you can hear it, I'm not nearly as sick as I was last week. Yay, no stuffy Joel. No, no stuffy Joel, not this time. I. It's funny too, Matt, I'm like, you know, we're having such a good conversation here about cosplay, fuck it, I'm just going to start recording this early and we're going to do what we used to do on shows where we talked for so long. It's like, you know what, just hit record. Yeah, that, that's usually when the best stuff happens. It's true, it really does. I mean, even when we're done recording the comic multiverse, sometimes we'll have conversations where I'm like, shit, that was gold, why wasn't I recording that? <laughs> The trick is we all just need to do what Prince did, and that is we all just need to microphone every room of our house so we're recording everything at all times, <laughs> and when inspiration strikes and when we say something compelling, it'll be there recorded. <laughs> That's what we need to do. Yeah, it's totally not super creepy. No, not creepy at all. I mean, for me, it would probably be hours worth of silence, hours of me playing video games, and then I'm sure some dump sounds in there as well. <laughs> Just a bunch of good <laughs> jump sounds followed by, ah, Eureka, I've got it. <laughs> I come up with my best ideas when I'm on the turlet. <laughs> uh, I guess with that, I can do what I do every week. Uh, how, how was your week, uh, week, Matt? What were you up to? Um, I was pretty much finishing everything for TV and film production for the year. I'm nice. pre pretty much wrapped up for the year. Um, I, <laughs> of course, my, my holiday doesn't last very long since I'm already starting production on something else for next mm -hmm. year, uh, as it usually is. And yeah, I had a pretty chill week. I caught up on most of my TV shows I've been lacking on. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been doing. Oh, that's good. That's good. I've been, uh, 
I've been playing some Mafia, I've been doing some reviews, I'm finally caught up on TV for reviews now, I did uh, two Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. back-to-back, and I did, uh, what is it, I did Flash for this week, so I'm finally, finally all caught up. Yeah, as I said last week, I'm not going to bother reviewing most of the DC shows. I'm just going to review Supergirl because I'm sick of every week getting a copyright notice for no reason. It's funny, you know, I think you might have cursed me, Matt, because I didn't have any copyright strikes when we talked last week. But then as soon as, you know, (laughs) we chatted on Twitter about how lame that was, I look over to my Flash review of Magenta, the last one, and oh, look, I've got a copyright strike on it. Wah, wah. It doesn't take them long. It doesn't take them long. It's the weirdest thing because I'll fight it, then it'll go away, and then, like, you know, it'll be fine. Like, I have reviews there from last season, which are fine. Yeah, yeah. But it's like it's like they pick the perfect time to screw you out of the best, like, uh, like your best chance to make money off it. Yeah, yeah. It's usually all the ones that, like, have a chance of actually being quite popular for views and everything. So like a first episode or like a big episode that has Mm -hmm. like a a new villain or something in it or something. Yeah. I I don't know why that is. I told you too, I deleted all my old Gotham reviews because out of nowhere, a bunch of my Gotham reviews got flagged and I'm like, Oh my God, that was like years ago now. What, what is your problem? What is your major (laughs) malfunction? (laughs) The weirdest part, too, is that this was just a single episode of Flash I was reviewing. Meanwhile, last week I reviewed, like, two back-to-back because they were the ones that I missed. And mm-hmm. even though I used more clips in that than anything, that one didn't get claimed. That one didn't get copyrighted. Yeah, it's really strange. Was it because I did it so late after the fact they knew they weren't going to make any money off it by copyright striking me? <laughs> <laughs> well, not even strike, just copyright claiming. There's a difference between striking and claiming. Yeah. Cl- cl- uh, striking is scary. Claiming is bad, but not that bad. No. It doesn't affect your profile. So. No, no, it doesn't make it so you can only upload 15 minutes and, you know, takes away your chance to make any money at all. Mm-hmm. YouTube, everybody. Love it or leave <laughs> it, but mostly love it because you can't leave it because they're the only games in town. <laughs> so deal with it. Uh, believe it or not, we actually did have some news this week. You know, it's funny. This was one of those weeks where I was very strongly considering being like, hey, Matt, you just want to do a commentary on a movie. But then a bunch of news kind of hit at once, so we would be remiss to not talk about it. Yep. Uh, I guess one of the biggest pieces of news, and this isn't even really comic book or superhero related, but it's something related to comic book and superhero related stuff, and that is that AT&T will be buying Warner Brothers, HBO, and much more. Very and soon. everyone's already freaking out. We don't have A&T, AT&T here. It's like an American company, no, but we don't have from everyone either. I've... From everyone I've talked to, they've said they're the worst people in the world, and them buying these companies is really terrible. I mean, cable companies in general are pretty shit. Like, I, I always heard horror stories about Time Warner, about how, mm-hmm. awful they, how awful they were for cable and internet, but I heard bad stuff about AT&T, too. But, I mean, hey, I cut the cable cord a long time ago, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't need your stupid bullshit in my life anymore, AT&T. I say (laughs) no, no way Jose to you. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you know, now Warner Brothers and by extension, you know, DC Comics are going to have new and different paymasters now is the big thing. 
Yeah, so I'm wondering if how it's going to affect the comic and movie side of things. I mean, whenever if, you... If even. If even at all, because that's the thing. You know, either everything changes at once or nothing at all changes when these sorts of things happen. Well, the thing is, like, um, I think it was like today, the, the president of or the CEO of Warner Brothers actually had to come out and it, it was kind of like a like a like a panic warning sort of thing for, for the company saying them not to panic and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Ooh, I wonder what's going on. Yeah. Uh Oh, uh Oh, SpaghettiOs. What do we got to worry about here? I like too. they mentioned they're like the AT&T will also by extension of this deal, own the rights to the Harry Potter franchise, but not the characters. All right. Those are still the property of uh, JK Rowling. I like, they made a point of mentioning that in the article. I read they're like, don't worry. everyone. Harry Potter is fine. The boy who lived is going to be okay it's gonna be all right <laughs> you can tell a lot by uh by journalists by the things they zero in on and that journalist zeroed in on that but harry potter's gonna be okay right yeah that's that's really specific especially in a company that owns like heaps and heaps and heaps of properties <laughs> Look, i don't care about batman i don't care about game of thrones or anything else but is the boy who lived gonna be all right <laughs> what will a and t do to him or at and t do to him <laughs> It, it, this is a funny story even for you and me to talk about, Matt, because we have no frame of reference because we don't have AT&T. <laughs> no, no, yeah. If it was Bell Mobility that bought them, then I might be able to complain. Yeah, you you might, but I won't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then you would have no frame of reference. Uh, <laughs> moving on from there into what was ultimately a pretty, pretty Marvel-packed week, all things considered. Uh, you'll remember last week Matt and myself talked about that new Iceman comic and Weapon X comic that was coming out. Uh, from Marvel that they have slated for the future. Turns out, Matt, that was just, you know, the the edge of the iceberg. This was actually part of a much bigger rollout of a series of brand new X-Men books that they've got coming out now, I assume, in the wake of Death of X and Inhumans vs. X-Men and all this other stuff. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see as well, like, what the people who were claiming that Marvel are, like, pushing the X-Men out and they will never get any other books again... Like, what, what are they saying now that they've got all these new series and everything? Not only are the X-Men not going away, but their entire line is being revitalized and moved around. Now, that being said, I don't know about you, Matt, but this whole Death of X thing has really sucked all the caring out of me for X-Men. Like, I reviewed all three of the main X-Men titles and Old Man Logan, then I dropped all new X-Men... Then I dropped Extraordinary, and honestly, I'm ready to drop Uncanny, too. I really don't give a shit about the X-Men books anymore. <laughs> no, yeah, that, I'm only reviewing Death of X at the moment, since it ties in with the Inhumans and everything, but yeah, it's kind of hard to care for them at the moment. I mean, Old Man Logan is good, and New Wolverine is good, but they're so far mm-hmm. removed, they might as well be their own thing. Yeah, they're basically standalone books. They really, really are. But you know what? Maybe someone will give a shit about these new X-Men books. And that definitely seems to be the dice that they're rolling on this one that they're hoping to get back. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, some wayward fans, some fans who have been ticked off about the direction. Iceman we already talked about last week, which I think we could both agree was uh, too little too late on a character who, although he is beloved, I don't think has near the audience to support a solo series. Yep. If I had to guess one that will be cancelled very soon, it's that. I give that one five to six issues before that one gets canned. Yeah, it'll probably get 
get enough to fill a trade, mm-hmm. I reckon. The, the next one that got announced, this is this is where things actually get a little bit more interesting and a little eyebrow raising, is Gene Grey, a Gene Grey solo series, which led me to believe, oh, so they're giving the young Gene a book now. No, apparently. If you look at the art that accompanied this, it's all shots of old Gene. Yeah, that's kind of interesting i'm wondering what they're going to be doing with that through because these books spin out of death of x and the inhumans versus x-men resurrection thing yeah yeah which makes me believe is the big resurrection of the title gene gray herself i mean i think it kind of has to be at this point yeah i think it might be or maybe they're going to be bringing back a bunch of mutants in general but yeah they seek to imply that this is the older gene gray in a solo book gene gray has been dead for a long time yeah, she has. Like, the gene we know of. Like, I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me here, but she has been dead for a good, long, solid time. And I know she always died and came back, and that was kind of her thing, but they, her and Charles Xavier, they've kept dead for a good chunk of time, so I wonder what was making them think, oh, well, we got to bring her back now. Yeah, I, maybe, maybe because of, like, um, X-Men Apocalypse, like, she was kind of, like, a central character in that, and they were teasing her stuff. Oh, you went away there. For I don't a know. Oh, you cut out there for a second, Matt, but I got the gist of what you were saying. Oh, uh, yeah. The other book on the docket, and this is one that actually kind of piques my interest enough that I might give it a look. It's called X-Humans, and if you look at this one, it has characters like Miss Marvel and even Gwenpool on it. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about this book. Maybe it's like something to do with Inhumans, maybe? I'm going to guess that after the big war of Inhumans and X-Men, they're going to do like what they did with the Avengers and X-Men, and that is they're going to have a unity squad for Mm X-Men and Inhumans to work together to kind of show people like, hey, we can inhabit the same space, we can be friends. Do you think maybe also that, like, since the Terrigen Mist is killing Inhumans, do you think maybe a new Terrigen Mist will be made that turns people into mutants? Hmm, wouldn't that be interesting, huh? Well, I mean, I guess we'll have to read the event to find out there. But you know what? I'm for an X-Men Inhuman book. I'd be, it'd be cool to see them yeah. kind of work side by side. And, you know, maybe that would also put the fans at ease, too, who seem to take, like, the actual fictional events of the comics and, like, kind of treat them like they're real. Where it's like, no, man, Inhumans are killing my beloved X-Men. No, a- Editorial is doing that, but okay, sure. <laughs> no, man, the X-Men are real, and they, or no, the Inhumans are real, and they hate my X-Men. And I'm like, you know they're not real, right? Okay. You're not real, man. You're not real. Seriously, like, I I mean this. Like, if you go to my one Death of X review I did, in fact, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to review issue two, someone said, yeah, Cyclops is right. I blame Black Bolt for killing all the X-Men with his Terrigen Mist, only to have several people come to to him in the comments and be like, well, technically, in Infinity, it was Maximus the Mad, and there was a lot of other stuff going on there. And Cyclops is a bit of a dick for blaming an entire race uh, just for the actions of one. I mean, that's kind of hypocritical coming from a mutant right like, <laughs> you know who else does stuff like that donald trump yeah i know right look the, look these mutants they're rapists they're no good they come to our country from the x-mansion i'm gonna build a giant wall around westchester i'm gonna keep them all in it's gonna be fine <laughs> we'll just do that right matt <laughs> sounds good look, look these mutants they're bad hombres they're no good <laughs> Look, me and my best friend Putin, we're going to deal with these mutants. <laughs> going to deal with them all right quick. Now, 
again, as I mentioned before, there's currently three X-Men teams going. All new, which is the younger team of X-Men. Uncanny, which is the more anti-hero-focused, Magneto-focused team, which was my favorite up until a point. And then Extraordinary, which is basically the dealings of the school and, like, the team that you know there, the older mutants. Now it looks like those books are going to be going away and we're instead going to be getting two team books of X-Men. One called X-Men Gold... Mm-hmm. which, judging by the artwork that they used in the solicitation, is going to be the more classic team that we know, the more focused team of all the X-Men everyone likes, you know, Storm, Colossus, Wolverine, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then Blue looked to focus on a bunch of the younger characters, so I wonder, are they just going to split it like X-Men Old and X-Men Young? Yeah, like, one team will be, like, all the new mutants, and one team will be all the old mutants. Man, the X-Men are in such a weird place in the comics right now that you have older versions of the characters that you've been following since, like, the 60s, and then you have their young, time-traveling doppelgangers that are inhabiting the same space. Yeah, it's so weird what they've been doing with those characters. And it's been going on for years now, and it's like one of those things where, as comic fans, we take it for granted. But imagine if you were a new fan just trying to get into comics right now. Yeah, just trying to understand it. Well, well this, this, this Cyclops is actually the younger version of this Cyclops. Mm-hmm. who's actually dead now, and yeah, you, you can, I can imagine... I can imagine. You can throw a lot of stuff at the feet of Bendis, and we'll be praising Bendis later, so I feel like I can crap on him a little here. (laughs) Good job making X-Men even more impenetrable than it already was. (laughs) Like, I can understand why it seemed like a good idea for a minute, where it's like, ah, you know, these older X-Men, they've gotten too old and too out of hand. Now, I just want to write the young X-Men that I grew up reading, the ones that I like. Okay, you did that, but now you just left them here directionless, and no one's been able to give them a direction. <laughs> They're just kind of superfluous characters, and it's like, God damn it, we have doubles now. <laughs> I, I won't even mention, like, the whole time issue where it's like, well, I know you said that the time paradox, the loop closed, but it's like, if one of these young X-Men dies, shouldn't that mean their older counterpart dies? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. To which Bendis just waved his hand and said, Don't think about it. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I'm a ghost. No, you're not, Bendis. You're just a silly writer in a sheet walking around in the office. <laughs> Infamous Iron Man, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> and uh, the f- well, actually, no, there was two more still after that. There was Generation X which mm-hmm. this book seems to focus on, like, the fringe X-Men's, like, you know, like your Excaliburs and your X-whatever. Basically, any X-Men team that's not the main team. Yep. Which I guess has fans, but you gotta be really into the X-Men minutiae, like, that's gotta be, like, your favorite thing. I will fully admit, beyond the main teams of X-Men, I know very little about Generation X and all the other teams outside of it. Same. And finally, we have X-Cable. Yeah, so a cable book, basically. Yeah, everything that's old is new again. The 90s is coming back, and because of it, Cable's going to be getting a book. (laughs) You know, I can't talk too much shit, because I actually kind of enjoy Cable in that uncanny Avengers book that uh, that Duggan is writing. Yeah? I don't know if I like it enough that I would read a Cable solo book, but Mm -hmm. yeah, there it is. Cable's getting a new solo book now. Look, here's my thing. The only way for me to fully accept a Cable book is if you lean right into the dumb 90s-ishness of it. I want Cable number one in 2016 to have a holographic cover, and if I buy it, I get a trading card with it, 
and I want that if I get like all the variant covers and put it together, it makes a special zero issue. That's that's what I want for this new cable. <laughs> also, if I buy enough issues of cable number one 2016, I want an actual pouch belt. Can, can, can we make that happen, everyone, for free comic book day this year? If you pick up cable, can I get an actual pouch as a free gift? I think you can. Good. Let's let that happen. Look, Marvel, the ball is solely in your court now. Look, Comic Multiverse is given great ideas every day. Clearly, the CW people listened to us. We talked about the Dominators, and then that ended up happening. Mm-hmm. The Comic Multiverse bump is a real thing. It's like the Colbert bump he used to do. So just listen to us, and it'll all work <laughs> out, right? <laughs> And uh, keeping on this Marvel mutant theming and we wore a little trailer dropped uh, this week. Yeah, a really interesting trailer. A little trailer for a little little indie character, you know, a little underground character. You know, he's kind of a lesser known mutant in the greater Marvel pantheon. He hasn't really been involved in anything. I believe he's called um, Mongoose Ferret. Uh, oh, no, no, sorry. Badger. Yes, Badger is his name. He's from Singapore. <laughs> And uh, I, 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 even I've given up on this joke now. It's Wolverine. It's the Logan trailer. We got to see that this week. Yeah, it looked really cool. It did, didn't it? Like, I'm almost taken aback by, like, the bad taste that X-Men Apocalypse left in my mouth. I'm like, oh, this looks fun. Yeah, and it, it's, it's James Mangold, the guy who did the Wolverine, isn't right. it? Right, which I quite enjoyed. Yeah. I find that to be an underrated one. Yeah, and it's just really weird because I, I went back just to make sure it was the actual same director, and these two movies look completely different. Yeah, yeah, it really like, does. It, it doesn't look like any X-Men movie, which when I say that, I mean that as a compliment. I really, really do. <laughs> like, it doesn't look like any X-Men movie. In fact, you know, if they didn't mention mutants... And if Patrick Stewart didn't show up as Xavier, like, you could easily have mistaken this movie for something completely different, am I right? Oh, yeah, it could have just been your, your classic revenge flick or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the easiest pitch for this is, like, look, it's Wolverine and Mad Max is what it is. Yeah. It's the, interesting, the interesting thing I'm, I'm kind of intrigued about is, like, James Mangold said that it's set a year after the end of Days of Futures Past. That really? future that that future that Wolverine went to. No fucking way. So, so like, what happened in that one year? <laughs> uh, apparently, he killed all the X Men. Apparently, <laughs> are they still going to do that? You reckon? I, I, I don't know. I mean, my my theory that I was working with is one of the characters they've mentioned for certain will be in the movie is Donald Pierce who is no one important in the comics, but he is a member of the Hellfire Club. Hellfire Club has Mastermind in it. Mastermind is a Mysterio-esque character who could easily, you know, fuck with Logan's head until he kills everybody. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I could just be overthinking it. They could just be like, hey, the legacy virus happened in that year and all the mutants died. <laughs> Or shit, hey, you know, they're talking about building bridges between Fox and Marvel Studios. Wouldn't it be some shit if in this Logan thing, they're like, yeah, this mist came and killed everybody. <laughs> Wouldn't that just blow your goddamn mind, Matt, if in the Logan movie they say that? That'd be pretty cool. That would be sick. Like, I would just be like, okay, Fox, okay, you know what? You get a do-over. You get a do-over now. <laughs> that you're choosing to do that. I, I, I mean, th did, did, does the title strike you as weird? Because obviously they're drawing a ton of inspiration from Old Man Logan, but they're just calling it Logan, one word. 
Yeah, I can see a lot of people getting really confused about this. They'll be like, what the hell is Logan? What the hell is that about? Because every other X-Men movie has had the title X-Men in it, with the exception of Deadpool. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of like uh, like all those Rambo movies later. They just called the newest one Rambo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like they just uh, called like the later Fast and the Furious movie just Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> How do you make a sequel by dropping words from the title? Usually in sequels, you add more words to the title. (laughs) It's the weirdest thing. Also, supposedly, the Reavers and X-23 are going to be in this movie, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm still shocked that they decided to effectively end Wolverine's story. Since this is pretty much the last movie, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine is going to star in. Yeah. Although, granted, Hugh Jackman is a giant liar when it comes to that. He said several times before that this will be my last Wolverine project, and it never is. Yeah, but I kind of feel that this one is. And I think it might have something to do with maybe Deadpool being a success as it is. They'll be like, oh, Deadpool's now bankable. We can use him. Yeah, which we'll be talking about Deadpool later in this episode as well. The one thing, like, as much as I like the trailer, and again, a lot of that might just be the fact that they picked an awesome song to put it to, mm-hmm. the the thing that gets to me is that, you know, by calling it Logan, by taking your inspiration from Old Man Logan, that pretty much safely assures that we will never see him in his costume, even in this final movie, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's it's really sad. What a what a waste! Because on one hand, you gotta respect Hugh Jackman for being Wolverine longer than anyone else has been any other superhero, longer than any Batman, Superman, or Spider Man. And yet, even though he's done like eight to ten films and cameos and everything as this character, he's never once worn the iconic costume. That feels that feels kind of cheated, doesn't it? It does. I would like it, like, if you were saying, as before, like, it might have been him killing off all the X-Men. I think it would be cool if, like, in a flashback, he's actually in his costume. Please. Because we're in in that new sort of timeline where everything seems to be kind of right. You know, we've got Beast and Mm -hmm. Colossus and all that. They're they're all there, and and Scott's there and everything. So they just need to give him his uniform. And they kind of hinted at them going more classic uniforms in apocalypse as well like right at the end of that movie they all sort of had their kind of classic costumes what a a blue ballsing tease that was wasn't it it was it was (laughs) i remember people yelled at me when i complained about the black armor they went back he's like no joel uh uh uh, look here's a picture of them all together in their costumes yeah for (laughs) the last three seconds of the movie you sure showed me internet straw man you sure showed me But, yeah, he should just, like, wear it once. I know, right? I I saw a theory that, you know how in, I think it it was Wolverine, how they had that cut scene where they actually give him the uniform? Oh, yeah, we see it. We see it in the goddamn movie, which makes it even worse, the fact that they had a costume and they cut it from the movie. I think that maybe, like, if they're going to continue on with X-23, maybe she'll get it. I would be fine with that. That would be a fine, fine compromise. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I'd be very much okay with that. So yeah, Logan looks pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll still hold my breath until I actually see the movie because it's a Fox X Men movie and they can usually be kind of crappy. What a what a weird series of titles when you eventually put this one up on the shelf. You got Wolverine Origins, The Wolverine, and then just Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any other series that lost more and more words as it went around, as it just went along, right? 
<laughs> like, I expect if they make a fourth one in this series, it's not even going to be called Wolverine. It's going to be called what? W-O. What? Just L. Just L. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Just X. Just X. Oh, sh- Matt, don't give them ideas. They totally do that, too. I'm surprised they didn't call the movie, like, Weapon X or something. Mm, yeah, I'd be fine with that. I mean, I guess they couldn't call it Old Man Logan, because that would, you know, bring up way too many questions from people who have never read the comic. Yeah, and also from people who actually have read the comic. Where's Blind Clint? Where's Red Skull as the president? Oh, God, where's, yeah. Where's Hillbilly Hulks? <laughs> where's Ultron 9? Oh, man, dude, we gotta talk about that. So, obviously, anyone who's ever read uh, the Old Man Logan comic knows it's a road trip. You know, it's mm-hmm. you know it's Wolverine driving through Mad Max, essentially, with his buddy, the Blind Hawkeye. It's so funny, obviously, of course, they can't have Hawkeye in this movie because they don't have the rights to him. So who do they get to sub in for Hawkeye? Professor Xavier? Okay. Old Professor Xavier just sits in the back of the car during a car chase. (laughs) You think you're old, I'm even older. Like, quickly, Professor, use your powers to hide them. (laughs) Come on. Oh, no, I crapped my pantaloons because I'm so old. (laughs) You know what that tells me, though? And that's another thing that even though it's kind of cool to see Patrick Stewart in, like, Mad Max, I kind of had to sigh where I'm like, oh, you had to use Professor X because you've literally developed no other characters in this franchise who would fit in this role. Yeah, you know what? It would have been really interesting if they had developed him. I would have liked to seen like an old Scott with him. That would have Cause, been cause, nice. Like, because the two are sort of like also in the comics and in the movies, kind of like butted heads and everything, mm-hmm. and they have to come together to sort of fight a common enemy and everything. That would have been great. It would have been really cool. I also would have appreciated Gambit in that role because you know he's kind of funny, he's kind of silly, he would kind of clash with Wolverine. You could mm-hmm. make him blind, but oh no, we can't get that movie off the ground. And, oh no, we killed Cyclops again, and oh no, Jennifer Lawrence doesn't want to do these anymore, so we can't get her. Magneto would make no sense, and you know uh, what is it, young uh, Professor X? He's off doing other shit. Uh, Patrick Stewart, we guess. That, that that's another thing like mystique like it's it's kind of good that jennifer lawrence doesn't want to do it because i imagine if she did she would have been the professor x character she probably would have been also again it sucks you guys couldn't keep a consistent saber tooth in any of these because it would have been really nice to see saber tooth uh here at some point yeah they should just get back leaf schreiber yeah leaf Schreiber's fucking awesome on ray donovan like this is one of the few times where it's like look he might not have been great in the other one but no really though bring him back yeah, he could play a really good character. You know what would be hilarious? If, like, Hugh Jackman is done with the role, so Liev Shriver comes in and now he's the new Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> they just pass the mantle off to him. I'd be cool with that. It'd actually be really cool. Other people would pull their goddamn hair out over it. I'd be fine with it. I swear to God, Liev Shriver is more Wolverine in Ray Donovan than he is, you know, in the actual movies. Yeah. It's shocking. And uh, speaking of trailers that had everyone talking this week, the other big one was we got a teaser for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And just the right amount, I reckon. I I feel the same way. Showed you some new shit, gave you the song you remembered, left you on a high note. Yep. Baby Groot in a Star-Lord jacket. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's really cool. He's he's got his own little jacket. Yondu with an even bigger uh, mohawk than he had before. Yeah, I thought that was really cool that you can sort of change them out or something. 
I like it. I like it a lot. It makes him more comic accurate. Uh, probably again, man, Dave Bautista to ever think that he would become such an interesting performer in the movies, you know, basically steals the whole thing when he says, you know, there's two types of people in this universe, people who dance and people who don't. <laughs> and just for the record, I would like all of you out there to know I am a dancer <laughs> alone at four in the morning when no one is watching. <laughs> but yes, I am a dancer. I mean, obviously, the teaser was just that. It was a teaser. It didn't give much away about the plot or anything. Nebula is clearly back involved again, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And they they got... We didn't actually get to see any of the new Guardians. No. Mantis or... um, uh, was, was there another new Guardian as well? I thought it was just Mantis. Oh, okay. Maybe I was thinking of something else. I mean, there's going to be a ton of new characters in this, but we didn't see any of them. Mm, which is really strange. I know that's just a teaser, and apparently James Gunn said that, that that isn't actually the trailer that's going to be with Doctor Strange. Oh, we're getting one with Doctor Strange. That comes out very soon. That comes out at, like, the end of the month. I see it in two days. Oh, you lucky fucker, you. <laughs> are people already complaining about Rotten Tomatoes, as they always are whenever oh, like, yeah, you know, oh, a yeah. movie Pete, comes out? You should see Twitter, man. Just holy crap. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't want to see Twitter. I see enough of Twitter. They're getting so salty. The, the they've been paid off again, man. Man, D, or I was gonna say Marvel has so much money to just pay people off all over the <laughs> yeah, world. Yeah, I mean they can pay off a WB company to rate their movies good, but WB can't pay off their own company to write their movies up good. <laughs> I, I love that we live in this day and age when you know facts and figures and like you know proof are secondary to gut feelings. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but I really feel like they're paid off, though, so they're probably paid off. Yeah, I don't have any proof, but it just looks like they are. It looks like. Look, I really feel like Rotten Tomatoes killed 33 people. Like, I heard it online, so it must be true. <laughs> I'm just going to go on believing that this is true, and that will inform my decisions from here on out. But, but, but they're owned by Warner Brothers, though. Yeah, but you know... Yeah, but they could still be bought off, you know? <laughs> uh, so silly. Man, I'm glad I'm not one of these people who has so little fulfillment in their life that they need to look to numbers of how movies are doing. It's pretty cool to have brain power, isn't it? Yeah. You know, whenever people get really angry and really up in my face about, you know, ratings and numbers and everything, I always ask them the same thing. And, and everyone out there is welcome to this one. Um, do you make any money off the movie? <laughs> did you have anything to do with the movie at all? Well, then shut yeah, did up. you have a financial investment in the movie? Yeah, it's like, you know if the movie does good right, you're not going to get any of that money, right? <laughs> like, if you were, I could understand. Like, if some guy was like, hey, I did, you know, After Effects on that, or like, hey, I helped edit it or something, you know, I would be fine with that. But no. Yeah, it's just people who want to complain for the sake of complaining i guess or because you know they need some sense of fulfillment it's very silly let's not do that let's continue not doing that <laughs> uh and from there actually to some very sad news that i'm sure matt and i uh you know t took pretty hard this week uh beloved artist of preacher and punisher and many other books steve dillon passed away this week at the age of 54 yeah, kind of a shock. Very shocking. And even now, we don't know what the cause of death was. They're actually keeping that very close to the chest for whatever reason. Yeah, so it, it must have been something that was kind of known. It, it wouldn't have just happened. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with guys like this, you never know. I mean, Dylan was always a pretty private person. 
and a pretty mm-hmm. private creator. I mean, for all we know, he was suffering with something for a bit. But yeah, geez, man, 54, that's that's tragic. That's so young in this day and age. And also, as much as I hate to say it, that's just a couple years older than my own father, actually. Yeah, it's kind of... Um, I opened your eyes a little bit. It does. I mean, like, here's a guy who should have had so many more years left in him. Fuck, I mean, here's a guy who was still working right now. Like, he's drawing that new Becky Clune in Punisher book, or he was. Yeah, yeah. And he's and he's been doing covers for, like, Marvel and DC books for the last year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's definitely, here's a guy who worked with a lot of big people, too. I mean, obviously, he was a frequent collaborator of Garth Ennis. Uh, I mean, you know, just so many, like, big titans of the comic book industry came out this week and kind of expressed their sadness over his loss. Yeah, yeah, it was nice to see everyone sort of come together. Yeah, he was he was definitely beloved, and, you know, a lot of people shared their favorite uh, NS artwork. I know I shared one of my personal favorites. It was actually one of the first Punisher images I ever saw when I was reading comics. It's Punisher in his big trench coat holding, like, a dirty cop over, uh, what is it, like, like over a over a walkway threatening to drop him and the caption reads like but i'm a cop and punisher says congratulations yeah i love that one so much such a such a good image of course got a lot of love for punisher punching the polar bear that was another great one of his yep his new run as well on on the punisher book recently has been really great i know a lot of people didn't like it but the art as we've said before is suitable for punisher because it's it's not you know that sort of done up mm-hmm. comic book art it's like gritty and shows people for who they really are the man i've said it before and i will continue to say it drew ugliness like no one else yep. like his people yep. looked like real people with blemishes they were disgusting and horrifying and you know it kind of it kind of helped the book you know it kind of helped you know uh it go down when punisher blew a bunch of people away where it's like oh good the horrible monster man is no more <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you know, really, really sad about his passing. I wonder, I wonder who they'll give that Clunin book to now. In fact, I think, I think I saw a solicitation actually, and like they already do have a new artist working on it. But I think this was a fill-in and not like someone to take over full time. Oh yeah, so maybe the book might get pushed back a little bit. Maybe. I mean, shit. I guess they have to. Like, I don't really know how these things work, but I mean, Jesus, when you lose your artist, what do you do? Yeah, exactly. It's like, how, how far along was he in it? Do you try and salvage the pages he's already done and change it halfway, or do you have the person just redraw it completely? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, very much so. So, I mean, you know, rest rest in peace, Steve Dillon. You will not be forgotten. Your artwork was wicked awesome, you know, big inspiration to me. Wish I could have met you before you passed away and gotten you to sign some of my work there. You were, you were a good guy. Uh, hey, you know... I, I feel like I should ring a bell or have a toast or something for this. You know, pour, pour, pour a... Yeah, pour a 40. <laughs> pour, pour a 40 out on the internet. Yeah, let's all do that, everyone. Let's pour a 40 out on the internet curve for a fallen soldier, Steve Dillon. Good job, man. <laughs> here, here. And uh, on to some lighter news and some news that I'm sure uh, Matt's going to want to talk my ear off about and more power to him. Is Donald Glover the new Lando Calrissian? He is. He's been cast by it. Yes, he has been cast by it. That, that was a leading question. What uh, What excellent casting, right? Oh, it's perfect. I, it was. He was fan cast as well by a bunch of people, and even by me. And um, <laughs> he, like, I can't think of anyone else. 
No, neither can I. It's like as soon as I read that, Donald Glover is the new Lando Calrissian, the new young Billy D. Williams. I'm like, yep, yep, there you go. That's about right. Yep, the, the casting for this movie has been great so far. It really has. Like they, I don't, I they haven't had a misstep yet, or they haven't even had one where I kind of tilt my eyebrow and go, what? Yeah. Um. Also, I think earlier on today or yesterday or something, more story details come out, and apparently in the movie we're going to find out how Lando lost the Millennium Falcon to Han. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. In the old canon, it was in a card game, so I'm wondering if they're going to keep it like that. Do, uh, do you think Donald Glover is going to grow like a little pencil-thin mustache like Billy D had? That'd be great. Do you think he's going to like research for the part? He's going to drink a bunch of Colt 45 and really try and get into that Billy D. Williams headspace? <laughs> I just hope he wears a cape. Oh, God. you know he's going to have to, right? <laughs> Man, I wish I could have a job where I could wear a cape every day. I might be called Cape Joel, but I don't actually own a cape. <laughs> Just, just get one of them little capes. Get one of them little capes. <laughs> oh, God, speaking of capes, so uh, I'm sure you saw their Battlefield 1 came out just recently. Yeah, I bought it. Oh, did you? Okay, sweet. See, I was watching some footage of it there, and they had, like, the Australian campaign where you play, like, the Australian Navy, and they have those sick-ass hats with, like, the sides scrunched up, and they literally have, like, combat capes, and I'm like, oh, so this is what inspired George Lucas for, like, Boba Fett and all those other guys. Yeah, well, I imagine that, and, like, Clint Eastwood in mm. Good, the Bad, and the Ugly and everything. But, yeah, yeah, I haven't played the campaign. I've just been playing online with some friends. But I did see that in there, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool that they're sort of representing Australia during the First World War. Yeah, I mean, that whole campaign looked really awesome. You get to go all, all over the place. There's a freaking Lawrence of Arabia campaign. Yeah, yeah, that looks like a load of fun. Yeah, where you're like, you're stealthing around the desert, stabbing up the Ottoman Empire. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, this isn't the Axis power, this is like the central power. This is like all these empires that crumbled right after this. Yeah, yeah, so so far it's been a fantastic game. And like online, it's completely different from any other game I've played. There's not a lot of those... Um... Uh, for better lack of a word, COD kids on there where they do the whole 360 no scope or anything. You actually have to because all the all the weapons you have to reload after each bullet. So there's a bit of skill involved. Yeah, because they're crappy World War One weapons. Yep. <laughs> I mean, shit. The AK-47 wasn't invented yet. The only like famous weapon that we know that was invented then is like the Colt 1911. Yep. <laughs> Beyond that, it's a bunch of, you know, like, old-timey weapons. I've been playing a lot of Mafia uh, 3. Obviously, that's where I dumped a lot of my money. But, man, Battlefield looks good. Don't be shocked, Matt, if I start hopping on that soon. Oh, definitely. I was really surprised I bought it. Like, I wasn't planning on buying, like, any of those type of games, but I bought it and started playing it, and I really liked it. Uh, I was ready to buy it just as, like, a protest to my general malaise with Call of Duty, where I'm like, yes, more historical wars, please, less future Gundam wars. <laughs> Let's Although future, future Gundam War 69 looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, friggin', you know, our enemies came from the moon. <laughs> it's an evil moon colony damn you moon people <laughs> you know that's totally what would happen in real life Matt if they finally started colonizing the moon and all the rich 1% assholes who could afford space travel started living on the moon the rest of us on earth would just be like fuck you moon people yeah and then they'd send down their mechs their Trump mechs and 
You think you're so great because you live on the moon. <laughs> you know what? I'd be great, too, if I lived on the moon. You know what? Fuck the moon. Or, you know, present day Earth for life. <laughs> I'm just going to start that right here, right now on the show. The Comic Multiverse is an anti-moon people show. <laughs> right here and now. Look, we're going to build a wall around space to keep them moon people in. <laughs> no, who am I kidding? They would build the wall to keep the rest of the Earth people out. <laughs> Be like, yeah, it's just we got a lot of really cool stuff on the moon, a lot of cheese, and we don't want you, you know, coming here and taking our cheese. <laughs> That's the big mystery, Matt, that we're going to find out. The moon is actually made of cheese. Ah, uh, the age-old mystery. Turns out it was actually right. We thought it was made of moon <laughs> rocks, but it was actually made of cheese. <laughs> Man, first thing I do when I get to the moon, I'm going to kick Apollo 13 over. <laughs> You, you know what, I, and I'm going to make this a pitch it, right? Mm -hmm. I want a comic or a TV show because apparently there is actually a museum on the moon, and it's true. It's it's this little uh, communication wafer thing that a bunch of famous artists like Andy Warhol and Jackson Pollock all painted on. Uh -huh. Oh, that's awesome. And it's up it's up there on the Apollo – I can't remember which number. It's on like the, the, the landing gear. Right. I want like a comic or something where they go and steal it. Oh, that'd be fucking awesome. It'll be worth a million dollars, you know, or billion dollars. <laughs> It'll be worth <laughs> at least a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> is what we're saying. At least a million. Man, that's the thing, too, when you steal shit that rare. It'd be like if you stole the Liberty Bell or something, or if you, like, stole the head off the Statue of Liberty. Who the fuck would you get to fence that because it's, like, one of a kind? Ah, some Russian oil baron or something. Oh, there you go. So, some rich Saudi sheik is what you're saying with like a bunch yeah. of disposable income. Some some person who's so rich they're crazy they're so rich. <laughs> you give it to like one of those like the, like the Sultan of Brunei or something will pay you like a chest of silver for the Liberty <laughs> Bell and the art from the moon. <laughs> That's a fuck of a heist, though, because you'd either have to stow away on a NASA ship or you'd have to get there some other way to steal it then bring it back. Yeah, exactly. You'd have to be smart to get there. <laughs> That's the heist of a century. Dude, there, there is Ocean's 14 right there is what that is. George Clooney gets all his buddies together and they're like, we're going to rob the moon. <laughs> but who's going to help us rob the moon? It's okay, I've got a specialist. He brings in Nicolas Cage from the National Treasure movies, and that's why it's like a crossover sequel, and they're like, okay, we're going to rob the moon now. And then he brings back Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck, because they've been into space, of and they're, they're, they're oil drillers, and yeah, <laughs> and then to drive the spaceship, they get Vin Diesel and the ghost of Paul Walker. <laughs> hey guys, get in my spaceship, we're going to go for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> This is only the third time I've been to space. Really, Ben? You've been to space once, <laughs> once as a tree, once as a necromonger. <laughs> I've been to space a lot. You live an interesting life, Vin Diesel. <laughs> uh, and moving on from there to something that's interesting but kind of in a bad way, the Deadpool director has exited the sequel. Yeah, and I don't think anyone expected this. No, no, I assumed he was in for the long haul, especially when we consider that that animated short that got it all made came from him, the visual effects mm -hmm. company was his, and that he did free touch-up on the original Deadpool before it even came out. Yeah, he was he was the one who literally brought it in under budget, was really the creative force behind mm -hmm. all, the, all of the choices and everything to make it under budget and everything. 
it uh, it worries me quite a lot. Like, I mean, I was already kind of worried about a Deadpool sequel because Deadpool was such, you know, pleasant lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. To see this happen now makes me go, oh, no. The, no one can say for certain why he left the project, although the perfect, uh, perfect, per, ah, God damn, I can speak words. Purveying. Purveying, yeah, the purveying story that's making the rounds there is that Tim Miller and Ryan Reynolds couldn't agree on a tone for the sequel. Ryan Reynolds wanted to double down on raunchy jokes and comedy, while mm-hmm. Tim Miller wanted to do a somewhat more stylized sequel, which I guess means like a more comic book movie style sequel. Yeah, that, that's what I said when the story initially broke. I bet Reynolds wanted a bit more of the whole meme sort of jokey Deadpool Wacky that Deadpool. all the all the little, little kids like nowadays. Although whereas, the irony being those little kids could yeah. go see Deadpool anyway. Yeah, and whereas Tim wanted something a bit more stylized, maybe a bit serious, but with still jokes to make the character a bit more likable and more character development, probably. And in the back of my head, like, I feel like the kid whose parents are fighting. I'm like, no, mommy, daddy, stop fighting. You can have it both ways. (laughs) Why you got to do this to me? Why you got to do this? (laughs) It will be interesting, though, to see what Tim does next. Like, like, because of the the goodwill that Deadpool got him, like, what, what will he do next? Wouldn't it be too hilarious if, like, Marvel Studios and Disney came around and said, okay, Tim, pick your project, do whatever you want that's in our pantheon, and we'll let you do it. That'd be pretty cool. Make it as funny and cool as you made Deadpool, and do it for the same budget. Yeah, yeah, and he could as well. They'd probably even give him more, like, a little bit more money, like the usual was $125 million for their base movies, so yeah. Wouldn't it probably be do some, it for that? I can I can just see it now. Tim Miller's Howard the Duck coming Mar, uh, coming Marvel twenty twenty. If there's anyone that can do it, he could. Dude, he not only would he do Howard the Duck, but he would make it like the classic Howard the Duck, like the witty, urbane, oversexed uh, Howard the Duck. What you do is you get him to direct and James Gunn to write it. Oh fuck, that's Matt. Don't play with my heart on that one. <laughs> imagine that in the year 2020 everyone's like man you know what the biggest r-rated movie of the year was howard the duck <laughs> you know what movie blew everyone away howard the duck <laughs> you know what else i could see tim miller doing too if we're keeping up with the comedy and thing there be like hey in 2020 tim miller director of deadpool brings us squirrel girl <laughs> And Marvel being like, yeah, we knew someone would crack that nut eventually. No pun intended, because squirrels. But that person was Tim Miller. Who brought us the coolest, funniest squirrel girl movie you've ever seen. What are some other comedy characters at Marvel who they could do? As as I try to think to myself there. Um, Man, he, he could make a pretty funny She-Hulk movie, actually, that also had good action, I think, if they ever wanted to do She-Hulk. Yeah, yeah. He could probably do a good Ghost Rider movie if they still wanted to do one of those. Yeah, I'd like to see him do, like, maybe a Hyperion movie. Ooh, yeah, make it all Superman-ish. Yeah, you can finally get a good Superman. <laughs> finally. <laughs> Matt's just sitting here waiting, like, I just want one good Superman movie. We finally have good Superman on TV. I just I just want it's, good movie sequels. It's not much to ask, so... <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's only the most easily recognizable superhero in the world. I didn't think it's too much to ask. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. Actually, speaking of which, you hear the rumors going on there where it's like apparently Superman on the CW is so damn popular now. I mean, it would only be right that, you know, they start thinking to themselves, well, should should we spin him off into his own show? I know. The, the amount of pra- He was getting basically universal praise, except from the people who liked the movie version, in which case they said he was crap. I mean, really, if they do end up doing that, if they end up giving us, like, CW Superman, at that point, all goddamn bets are off. Oh, yeah. You might as well just, like, stop making movies. Because you can do more on television with more time. Exactly. Even if it's for less money. I mean, The Flash is the perfect example of this. Where it's like, look, just because he's been on TV so long with the time he's had, we've gotten Speed Force and Gorilla City and Sidekicks and all these other characters and Earth 2 and Jay Garrick and everything. Like, stuff yeah. you could never cram into a two-hour movie. And even, the, even like, the TV shows, like, with the Superman, like, they show you don't need to do another origin. You just say, all right, here's Superman. You all know who he is. Here's him, you know, saving a fucking rocket ship and fighting Metallo and everything. You don't yeah. need to know his origin. It's true. He, he just gets straight to the good stuff. <laughs> absolutely. He just shows up. He's like, hey, Perry, Great Caesar's Ghost, my good buddy Jimmy Olsen, and everybody knows what's up. Yep. <laughs> and then at that point, it's like, okay, so you got a Superman show. How long until you do a Batman show? Because you know that's going to make money hand over fist. Oh, yeah. It'd never get canceled. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. And But then you'd be in this weird situation where DC and Warner Brothers would be, like, competing with themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'd be competing with different arms of themselves, and Gotham would be like, but, but, but we're doing Batman, though. No, we're doing Batman, though. <laughs> you know, I found out, because I'm, I'm re-watching Smallville for one of my Superman and media. You know, I found out that they wanted to do Gotham back in 2001, but they were developing... Um, Batman Begins, so that kind of stopped it. Mm, so Batman in its Barrios. place, so in its place, they put Smallville, and they've only now just redug up that Batman concept for Gotham. Yeah, wasn't it supposed to be like young Bruce Wayne traveling around the world, getting into adventures, training to become Batman? Yeah, yeah, it was essentially just Smallville, but with Bruce Wayne and his characters. Which honestly, I think, I mean, I would probably watch that. I mean, it seems like you could do some interesting stuff with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Lord knows there's more material there than Krypton. <laughs> no one wants that show. Why is that show even being made? And it's being made in sci-fi. Ugh, ugh. Don't you mean Siffy? <laughs> made on the Siffy channel, because you'll get siffy lists from watching it. <laughs> that was low-hanging fruit, I know, but sometimes the low-hanging fruits taste the sweetest. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess with that out of the way, we've actually talked about all the news for this week. Man, now we had a good long talk just about news this week. Yeah, there, there was a lot of interesting stuff this week. There was. You know, sometimes our cup runneth over, sometimes we scrape the bottom of the barrel. This was a cup month, or a cup yep. week, I should say. Uh, I guess from there we can get into what we read this week, and there were some interesting offerings this week. There was. There were some pretty good comics, I'm going to say. I definitely gave out a lot of high scores this week. Yeah, same. Uh, I will let you go first. Uh, I had a book that I was really looking forward to in Trinity Issue 2. Yes, I read this one too. Holy fuck, as a Superman fan. What a fan. twist. Oh, what a God, twist. yeah. Oh, God, yes. I can only imagine as a Superman fan, Matt. You, you were probably getting a little misty-eyed in this one. I know I was. I was, like, so happy the stuff in this book was happening. 
I know. It's like the big focus here is actually on Pa Kent, of all people, and Superman's relationship to his own father, juxtaposed to the fact that he is now a father himself. This book was so good, so powerful, and so moving. By the time it was done, I I had to go call my own father. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, it's so good that we have a comic now where Pa Kent is talking with his son about his son. It's, it's, It's wonderful. Did you ever think we would get here? No, I didn't. It's it's really well done. It's really well put together. And it's got a hell of a twist at the end. It's kind of... They're kind of riffing on, like, for the man who has everything. Yeah, I didn't expect that. I totally... And the thing is, I went back and read issue one. The clues are all there. With, with John buying the magic beans that spread around the farm and everything. Mm-hmm. And the, the weird person in the cloak and everything. And then we get revealed it's Poison Ivy with Black Mercy. It's pretty. It's pretty freaking cool. And you know, I'll even go a step further and be like, I wasn't expecting Poison Ivy because, for the most part, they've tried to make Poison Ivy in the New Fifty Two era, at least. And I know I've mentioned this a million times before, like an anti-villain or a misunderstood hero. Now she's just breaking mm-hmm. bad completely. Yeah, no, I totally didn't expect her at all. I thought like the first villain was going to be like, oh, it's going to be you know, Lex Luthor or, or you know, or some shit. yeah, yeah, or yeah, or Bizarro or something. It's not going to be like a a Batman villain who hasn't really shown up quite often recently. Yeah, I like that it wasn't like a world destroying villain this time. It was just a yeah, regular yeah. run of the mill villain. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is Manipal writing and drawing, so of course the art is just eye-poppingly beautiful. Oh, it's amazing. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous book. Every, every panel is a poster, I called it. Yep. But by far the best moment, and I'm sure you will agree on this, is when the three heroes who can't fly through Smallville for fear of freaking people out all cram into Pawkins' pickup truck. <laughs> it was pretty cool. And, and Bat- Batman just says it's ridiculous. Batman just has a look on his face like, I fucking hate this. My car's way cooler. Batman recently has been way better than he has been in the last New 52. Like, he's been mm-hmm. kind of jokier and funnier and more a bit more lighter than usual he really has he's been more lively he has more spring in his step shit he fucking smiled in batman number nine that came out this week he did that was a good book as well that was a good book this is batman recruiting members essentially for his own suicide squad to go get back psycho pirate from bane in santa prisca yeah i'm so glad they didn't show us bane yeah i think that's cool that he's in shadows we get his origin and they actually make it quite sad and quite tragic yeah, it, it was a really tragic origin. Really cool origin, though, as well. It was. Uh, we get to see some cool faces Batman recruit for his team. In some cases, characters we haven't seen in a long time, like Arnold Wesker, the original ventriloquist. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And he's not going to have the puppet with him either. So yeah. I'm intrigued to see what how he's going to play it. I know it's all going to end horribly with the oh. team turning on him. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, as with any Suicide Squad, there's people you know who are just fodder and who are going to die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bronze Tiger was in the book, and I appreciate that Batman uh, actually kind of pals around with Bronze yeah, Tiger. Yeah, yeah. Because if you'll yeah. remember, uh, Bronze Tiger wasn't always a bad guy. That's right. Yeah, I was kind of like, was like, wait, what's going on here? Like, how does he know Bronze Tiger? And then I had to, I had to go back and remind myself that they they were kind of pals. Yeah, Bronze Tiger used to be a hero. Bronze Tiger wasn't always a bad guy. He was a constant member of the Suicide Squad. It actually kind of bugged me in the New 52 when they're like, oh yeah, he's a member of the League of Assassins now and a bad guy because he's that on Arrow. 
<laughs> I like he kept his cool look, but now he's gotten his old origin story back. Man, I, I hope Bronze Tiger does really awesome on this book. I hope they spin him off into another series. I would read the shit out of that. Yeah, it's really cool. Also, we got our first big major Watchmen sort of reference, and that is the Legion of Superheroes member is in Arkham. Yes, Saturn Girl. Yeah, she puts the Legion symbol up on the window, which yeah. I thought was cool. Poor, poor Saturn Girl, and a nice reference back to DC Universe Rebirth, where they locked her up because they thought she was crazy. Yeah, which doesn't doesn't really make much sense to me. Like, you, you live in a world with all these superheroes and everything, and you think this woman talking about the future, future and, and everything is crazy? Like, what? <laughs> you, you know why they probably thought she was crazy? Because she came back with a message of hope, saying, no, it's all right, everything's going to be fine. Oh, God, this woman's too positive. Lock her up. <laughs> she's in Gotham, and she's being positive. <laughs> she's got to be crazy. She's saying everything's going to work out. No, not today, ma'am. <laughs> but yeah that that was a cool issue i think tom king has really hit his stride with this batman book and i'm really interested to see where this art goes from here yeah yeah definitely uh another book that i'm sure we both read this week and a book that everyone was talking about in fact my review just rolled over 2k right now infamous iron man issue number one yeah this was a really cool book Mm-hmm. dr doom I was going to say taking up the mantle of Iron Man, but let's be honest, he fucking steals the mantle of Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, he just plagiarizes it from Tony. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is mine now, and you're too dead to stop me. Oops, spoiler for Civil War 2, but, you know, there you go. Yeah, that's, that's the one thing that kind of drew drew me down in this book. I'm like, you're spoiling a book that hasn't even finished yet. Mm-hmm. Well, blame your own crappy scheduling for that one. Oh, man, yeah. here's another awesome thing about this book. Ben Grimm, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. I didn't spoil this in my review, but I'm like, mm, this might be a sign of things to come. Maybe these four characters are going to start coming back. Why Why is that not a book that I can read right now, Ben Grimm, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? I would buy that so quickly. And it looks like he's going to be the main antagonist Yeah. for this book, kind of. Like, next issue kind of... Um, alludes to the fact that there's going to be a fight between Doom and Grimm. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Bendis nails the Thing's dialogue, I will say that. Even the way that, like, yeah. he writes his, like, we his weird Yancey speech impediment into the Thing. Yeah, I thought that was really great. Making it so you have no choice but to read the Thing in the Thing's voice. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this was a really cool book. I, I like with Doctor Doom, we're still not entirely sure. It's like, does he want to be a good guy, or is this all part of some bigger con, or like, what's his deal? Yeah, and also the villain of the whole arc seems to be his mother. Yeah, yeah, nice little callback. Which is going to be really cool, because he seems to get triggered whenever his mother's talks, like at the Ooh, start when Hood, yes. when Hood, Hood talks about his mother. I loved that so much. Parker Robbins, the Hood, has always been my favorite member of the Cabal, because he's like the one guy, like, if I was on the Cabal, I'd be the Hood. Just, yeah, he's just, just like a normal guy who just happens to have a magical cloak Hood mm -hmm. thing. <laughs> and, like, he asks some truly great questions, too, of Dr. Doom. So you're, like, smarter than the rest of us, and, like, richer than the rest of us, and you've already beaten Satan, so, like, why do you do it why do, why do you like get up in the morning <laughs> and dr doom's like don't don't talk about my mom i will send you to india which he does <laughs> he makes him disappear and everyone's like is is he dead no nah, no nah, just banished he'll be back <laughs> i sent him far far it's literally the johnny bravo bit of like i made him go to the cornfield <laughs> 
I sent the hood to the cornfield. But yeah, that's a cool book, and I really hope, because Bendis is writing that new uh, Riri Williams Iron Man book, I hope that one lives up to this one as well. I hope we get two good Iron Man books. Yeah, that'll be really cool. I also hope that this book uh, manages to avoid the Bendis curse, and that is the first two volumes are pretty good, but then he gets bored or gets put on other projects. Yeah, and just like, here, a lot writer, you fix what I just did. Yeah, really, oops. <laughs> you, you can do that, right? You, you, you can fix what I just did. You can fix the shit that I just put on the page. <laughs> or like his X-Men run where he's writing all the X-Men books, and it's like, you're not even trying anymore, Brian, are you? Nope. <laughs> nope, stop trying two arcs ago. <laughs> now I'm just making a mess with a pen. Uh, what else did you have this week, Matt? Uh, I had Green Lanterns issue 9, which is the beginning of the Phantom Ring arc. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I'm sure it's good. It it was surprisingly good. It, we find out about the guy who is going to get control of the Phantom Ring, and he's a guy named Frank, who, mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, is exactly Hal Jordan, except shittier. <laughs> he He's a test pilot. Right. Uh, who is like, oh, Hal Jordan's not around. Oh, we'll just give the job to this guy who <laughs> just sits around. Like, he's the he's the sub, basically. Oh, no, he's the understudy in drama terms. Yeah, and he gets saved by uh, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, uh, when he's testing a new jet engine sort of thing. And he gets c- kind of infatuated by the ring and Green Lantern and all that power and everything. And he becomes a kind of kick-ass villain. And it goes as well as you think. He gets the shit beat out of him. Uh, and then when everything looks to be the worst, he a ring actually comes to him and he's about to get it. And then it, he his will kind of falters. So it shoots off to Guantanamo Bay and gets given to Baz. Oh, nice. So they're kind of bridging the gap between these characters. Yeah, so he gets really pissed at that and kind of hates the Green Lanterns now. So then Volthoom, the first Lantern, arrives Ooh, we and gives him. seen and, since, like, the first Lantern event. Yeah, he was assumed dead. And um, he promises him the Phantom Ring and knows where he can get it and everything. So he's coming after it. Ooh. It was really cool. It was really interesting to see this character who's kind of a, a mirror image of Hal, but not... And to make him and, the villain yeah. of this new series. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, nice touch, nice touch. Uh, I had Nightwing this week, number seven, and it's actually kind of fitting because this one opens in Australia. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. this one opens up in Australia. Dick and Spiral are hunting down the last of the owls all over the world. He finds out that Raptor betrayed him, so he goes and has himself a big old fight with Raptor. And we actually finally learn uh, Raptor's connection to the Grayson family. I am. What is it? Uh, Apparently he was a circus performer too, and he actually was in love with Dick's mother back in the day. And because of that, he's kind of been following Dick around and more or less trying to get him to turn to the dark side. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, being like, you should have been my son, so, you know, I will steal you away from Batman. Quite literally, he attacks Bruce Wayne out in the open where he knows he can't defend himself, because if he defends himself, then everyone will know he's Batman. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's quite smart. We even get a great, uh, interesting bit before that where Batman feels bad about yelling at Dick before. And he's like, oh, I'm really sad now that Tim is dead. I probably shouldn't have said those things to Dick. I don't want to lose another sidekick. <laughs> oh, I really Batmaned myself on this one. 
Oh, Hugo Strange was right. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm bad at stuff. <laughs> you think it's too late to apologize? Oh, now I'm in another fight. <laughs> but yeah, N Nightwing was cool. I like Nightwing. Cool. Um, I had Uncanny Inhumans issue 14. Oh, yes, I keep meaning to hop back in on this one, although Daredevil was very Inhuman-focused this week, so I'll talk about that next. It's pretty cool. Tony Stark took over New Attilan. <laughs> oh, did he seriously? Holy shit. Is this, is yeah, this he, still he Civil sent... War 2? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, it's it's, the, it's uh, Tony going after the Inhumans for attacking him, and he takes over New Attilan with all these armors. He's radio-controlling them with that weird computer thing he has. Um, and, yeah, he just takes over New Attilan, and he gets beaten near the end of it and finds out that Triton is the run responsible for... Uh, all the bad thing that's been happening to Tony Stark, like his building blowing up and everything, and oh, Maximus shit. the Mad and everything, and yeah, he gets arrested and they get told to put their house in order. <laughs> and lots of other really cool shit that probably should have been in the Civil War II event, I imagine. Exactly, this should have been in the, this should have been like Civil War issue 3 or something. I've been saying that so much with so many different Civil War II books, where it's like, this is good, why isn't this in the book? Yeah, don't bother with the main book. Just read all the tie-ins. Yeah, like that last Iron Man where, like, he tries to go to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting and he tries to avoid oh, Carol. Like, I'm like, this is excellent. What Bendis, you're writing Civil War too. Why didn't you write this into the main book? That, that was a great book, that one. It was. That was an excellent issue and an excellent, excellent send-off for Tony. Yeah. Sucks it wasn't in the main book. <laughs> uh, what was another one? Oh, I said I would talk about Daredevil. Yeah, I had Daredevil number 12. This is uh, Matt Murdock on the trail of an inhuman serial killer. So he has to join forces with Frank McGee and ask Medusa for, uh, for even the ability to continue following this case. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, he gets into a fight with Karnak, actually. And Daredevil's like, oh no, if he keeps fighting me for much longer, he'll know that I'm blind. <laughs> I have to beat him before he figures out that I'm blind. <laughs> and he does. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really well done. Uh, what else did you have happening? Uh, I had Superman issue 9. Yeah, oh my god, this was a fucking awesome one, wasn't it? This was really cool. Superman, Superboy, and Captain Storm all fighting massive gorillas mm -hmm. and pterodactyls and whatnot i love that in just a couple pages captain storm gives his entire world war ii era origin like yeah i was on a pt boat and i lost my leg then i lost my eye to some tojos uh what, what i love about this is um like he knows he's he's outdated and he mm. just doesn't give a shit Right. He's like, yeah, I know I'm old. I know I don't want to know what year it is. I know it's not my year. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to know what's happening out there. By looking at your colorful costumes, I know that we won the war, which is good. <laughs> also, I trained a goddamn pterodactyl to ride. <laughs> yeah, after it tried to feed me to his babies. <laughs> that is the most heavy metal album cover thing I've ever seen. Some old one-legged World War II soldier riding a pterodactyl. I hope he comes back. Me too. I hope, I hope he, he's either still alive in Dinosaur Island, because by the end of the comic, for people who haven't re read it yet, he gets left back on Dinosaur Island so Superman and Superboy can escape. And, um, yeah, I just hope he doesn't die and hope he's still living there. He's trained a T-Rex now. That's and 
<laughs> so fucking cool. And when I say heavy metal, I don't mean like, you know, metal. I mean heavy metal like heavy band. metal magazine. Yep. <laughs> That's totally something like like Sammy Hagar should have been playing in the background when him and Superman were all flying. It's your one-way ticket to midnight, won't it, heavy metal? Like that was the song that was going through my head when I was reading it. I'm like, this is the coolest shit. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed, though, that it was only two issues. I mean, that was all it needed. It was a two-and-done. There was a lot of two-and-done books, actually. Green Arrow was a two-and-done. Yeah? Yeah, Aquaman was a two-and-done, too. Oh, really? That I haven't read Aquaman. I'm, I'm behind on Green Arrow and Aquaman. I mean, they were, they were pretty solid. I mean, Green Arrow was kind of like him on another island, and he finds, like, this, you know, cool Native American couple who are trying to do all this future hippie medicine, but they couldn't afford it, so they sold out to the Ninth Circle, and then they started fighting, and they kind of mirror this failed relationship to Oliver and Dinah's current relationship. It was pretty well done. Cool. Wasn't going to change my life, but it was fun. Uh, Aquaman was funny. It's him having to save Amnesty Bay from the Shaggy Man, and he mm-hmm. could totally call in the Atlantean military to help him out, but he doesn't, because he knows if he does, that'll be seen as an act of aggression on U.S. Yep. soil, so he has to, like, think his way out of that one. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that they revealed that that monster was Shaggy Man. I like that, too. Some people are like, oh, that's stupid Aquaman fighting an underwater Sasquatch. I'm like, guys, it's an underwater Sasquatch that's also a robot that's beaten up the Justice League before. <laughs> You do realize you're reading comics, right? <laughs> Look, I, I, I would never be so bold as to say I think you're reading that wrong, but I think you're reading this wrong. <laughs> it's a goddamn underwater Sasquatch <laughs> called the Shaggy Man. <laughs> the Shaggy Man can, that's why. Uh, what else did you have happening, Matt? Um, I had Justice League issue 7. I was so done with this one. I, I, I heard terrible things about this issue. This was also a two-and-done, apparently. I didn't mind this issue, but it, it did have some, like, really weird things, like Jessica Cruz leaves the Justice League, uh-huh. and I'm like, really? You, you only joined up during Darkseid, where is it all too bit much for you or something? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I like the fight between Batman vs Superman. There wasn't really a fight because, it, and it was it was interesting because a lot of people actually got mad because Batman didn't actually fight Superman. Superman actually just broke into the cave and almost strangled Bruce to death. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead. Yeah, that, it, it was all right. I I quite enjoyed it, and it it was what said it what it was what it said it was. It wasn't anything more or anything less. Right. Huh. St- still not enough to get me back into Justice League, but, 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 but you tell me if it gets worthwhile again. I don't know whether this is going to be a one-and-done, because by the end of this issue, everything's sort of resolved, so it might be like next issue might be a new arc or something. Yeah, we can only hope. Uh, the other big book I had this week, or at least the book everyone was talking about, was Mighty Thor number 12. This is the book that actually retcons and redoes the origin of Thor's hammer. Oh, interesting. I'm going to start picking up the Thor books once they go back to number one. Well, what do you mean? Like, uh... The, the Unworthy Thor or whatever it is? Oh, well, or... well, that's a miniseries. Oh, is it? That's that's going to be a miniseries that's going to tell oh, okay. us what happened to Odinson, but the main Thor book will continue. Oh, okay. Then I thought that was sort of re- just going back to normal Thor. No, 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 no. That, that being said, you should catch up on this new Thor anyway, because it's fucking awesome. And this was basically a one-and-done issue 
that I think proved how awesome it was. Uh, Jason Aaron managed to retcon the origins of Mjolnir the Hammer, but didn't really undo anything. He just built on top of stuff that was already there. Oh, cool. The big takeaway is the Hammer is alive. Mjolnir is sentient and has been sentient this whole time. Huh. And that's because Odin defeated basically this superstorm in space, like this sentient storm that was destroying entire galaxies, you know, with lightning and thunder and rain and everything. Put it in the original piece of Uru metal, then had the dwarves forge the hammer for him. Huh. Only the twist is whenever Odin tried to use the hammer, the hammer fought against him and rejected him. Hmm. So, so he technically, he wasn't worthy, quote-unquote. No, Odin was not worthy, and in fact, Odin put, like, a magical curse on the hammer, being like, fine, then if I can't wield it, then nobody can wield it. But even as a young boy, the hammer was talking to young Thor. Huh. Who would eventually be able to pick it up. In fact, I heard a great theory from my buddy Rob, who basically said, you know, this kind of changes everything. Imagine if when Nick Fury during Original Sin whispered that thing in Thor's ear that made him unworthy. What if he wasn't talking to Thor at all? What if he was talking to the hammer? Ooh, yeah, that's I know. interesting. That's really interesting. I'm like, fuck, that does change everything. Oh, so, so like, what did he say to the hammer? Mm-hmm. And then it gets further interesting where it's like, well, okay, if the hammer has a mind of its own, how does it feel about how it's been used for like the last, oh, I don't know, 60 years being hit into Captain America's shield, being hit against Cap- or, uh, Dr. Doom's faceplate, just being hit on everything? Is the hammer mad about being a hammer? <laughs> and why did it choose Jane? What is it hoping to accomplish there by allowing Jane to wield it? Does the you know uh, hammer have like an agenda of its own now that we know it's alive? Yeah. Is it is the hammer good or evil? Wouldn't that be some shit? Yeah, that's that'd be really interesting. It would be interesting, especially because we know the ultimate hammer is going to be wielded by unworthy Thor now. So imagine like a war of hammers. That'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. I'm very excited about that. That's why this Jason Aaron Thor series is great. Just when you think he's done, he like throws another swerve in there that changes everything. I I should catch up. I sort of know what is happening and everything because I know like the issue before this was about the hammer is is like conjuring up the image of Jane or something. But or... I could only do it once though. They made a solid yeah. point of saying that the hammer could only do that once, and that was to protect Jane from death. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's only 12 issues to catch up on now, plus, you know, whatever it was at the end of original Thor. But, yeah, I mean, it's not much to catch up on. Yeah, well, the, the original Thor I read. So oh, that's good. Right. And it's just really, really good, too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that that basically does it for what I read this week. There's some books I haven't read yet. I haven't read Power Rangers Pink yet. I haven't read The Last Astonishing Ant-Man, but I'm sure it's great, and I haven't read Deadpool yet. Yeah, I've read everything I've read this week. I've still got, like, Death of X and Green Arrow issue 9 to do, so... I so don't care about Death of X right now. That's so <laughs> so little, so late, is what that one is. They spend the whole first issue telling us things we already knew. Well, I, like, flick through this one, and it appears like they're, they're sort of setting the groundwork for who's on whose side. Because mm. I know Storm is actually on the Inhumans' side. Of course. And, um, yeah, it's just... It's, uh... Who's it? Cyclops projecting a message to the world saying the Inhumans killed all their X-Men and they're going to war, basically. Isn't, like, this coming week anyway, the Inhumans versus X-Men book? I just checked and it's not. I was looking through the Marvel stage. I thought it was, but it doesn't seem to be. Because I know, like, the the Death of X is only four issues long. Hmm. This, uh, This week is Punisher Annual number one, Prowler number one. 
and yeah, that's about it. Oh, and I guess Doctor Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme, number one too. Yeah, Doctor Strange is going to have two books now. Is that because I like I like read a read a solicitation on that, and it says it comes with issues that are like old sixties issues. So is that it's not like one of those uh, MCU prelude comics, is it? I don't think so. Because I know they used to come with old issues. Uh, to so as like backup issues because the the actual issue was only like ten pages oh, long. Oh, I, there's another Doctor Strange book, Doctor Strange Mystic Apprentice. Maybe that's what you're thinking of. Maybe, yeah. That's uh, that's like a bunch of old issues and everything. Not that that's a bad idea, especially with the movie coming up soon. People are gonna want their uh, their whistles wetted when it comes to yeah. uh, the Sorcerer Supreme. Yep. So uh, yeah, I mean, is that it for this week, Matt? Have, have we talked yeah. it all up? Have we have we done a show? Have we made a podcast happen? I I think so. I think we did podcast. We made a podcast happen, everyone. This is this is what we do. This is our job. This is how we make it happen. <laughs> we do the thing. We do it as uh, as they say. We do it. Uh, any any closing thoughts? Anything you want the people to know about? Uh, obviously I'm seeing Doctor Strange this week, so keep an eye out for my review on that. Lucky bastard. Uh, I got a, I got a cool Superman, uh, video coming out soon of one of the greatest Superman comics no one has ever read. Nice. So that, that's going to be really interesting. I know a lot of people are really excited about that, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it sounds like a nice jam-stuffed week you got there. I, of course, have more reviews coming out. As always, be sure to keep your eyes peeled to the channel for that. Patreons, as always, will be getting to listen to this show right now, the one you're listening to first. On uh, Sunday night when I'm done, I will put this one up right away. So, you know, be sure to be ready for that. Uh, I have no new con appearances coming up in the next little bit. I'm still recovering from New York. Although, that being said, I will be going to Victoria in November. Not for anything particular. I'll just be going there for three weeks just for the fuck of it. So, uh, hey, my time zone is going to be changing, Matt. (laughs) Shouldn't affect us too badly, though. I'll I'll basically be on Colorado's time. But yeah, I'll get to go to Victoria in Canada. I'll get to hang out with the seals. They got seals there, man. Awesome. It's also a really hippie, really granola town, so I might need to bring my own snacks and junk food. (laughs) I might need to tape that to my body as I go through customs. (laughs) He's got snacks. Get Get him. (laughs) Tase him. And uh, no, don't worry, everyone. I will actually be flying in an Aroma plane this time. I won't be bussing it for stupid hours like I did to New York. <laughs> God damn, I can't believe I rode 15 hours to New York forward and backwards. God damn it. My ass is still uh. sore from that. <laughs> Although I will never forget my bus drivers. Did I tell you the legend of Whitaker, my first Greyhound bus driver? No, you didn't. Oh my god, do Whitaker, let me tell you about Whitaker. So Whitaker drove at night with sunglasses on. He was like an eight foot tall <laughs> black man. His glasses, too, might I add, had like golden greyhounds on the side. Oh, that's awesome. Which made me wonder, I'm like, is that like something you get? Is that like your black belt as a Greyhound driver, or did he get those custom made? (laughs) (laughs) And again, with a name like Whitaker, I'm like, how many people have asked him, like, are you related to Forrest Whitaker? I don't think he is. (laughs) But he had such like a smooth voice, like over the intercom. I was like, okay, people, so we're heading to Syracuse now and Buffalo, and that's what we're going to do. And, you know, you got 15 minutes. Go grab a smoke, grab whatever you need, and then we're going to get back on the bus. <laughs> and that was Whitaker. And I'm like, man, what a, what a way, wise, magical character this Whitaker is. I bet if you asked him for advice, he'd be like, well, I'll tell you what I learned driving the bus. 
<laughs> you know, people are a lot like a bus. They get on and off. <laughs> Sometimes they stay on. I learned many of things from driving a bus. So thank you, Whitaker of Greyhound, wherever you are. <laughs> you will be remembered. My bus drivers on the way back were much less interesting. Uh. <laughs> and with that, everyone, I think we can bring the show for this week to an end. What a what a loaded show this was, Matt. It's like a loaded potato skin is this one. You know, we had bacon and cheese. We had comics and superheroes. We had a little of everything. We did. It was a good show. And with that, everyone, be sure to like, subscribe, favorite, do all that other social media jazz. Be sure to follow Matt and myself on Twitter. Hey, if you haven't subscribed to my channel, subscribe because I'm very close to hitting the 10K mark soon. Oh, nice. I don't know what I'm going to do when I hit the 10K mark. I'm terrible for milestones. I always feel like, should I do <laughs> something? Tell you what, how about for 10K, I just keep doing the same stuff you always knew from me. <laughs> Shit, I guess I could do like a live Q&A or something if I could ever figure out how to make those work. Yeah, I suppose you could. Hell, I've been Twitch streaming a lot. Maybe I'll try and stream something to the YouTube channel. I've never tried streaming directly to YouTube. I've, I've just set myself up for Twitch streaming. Nice, nice. Any idea what you're going to play? No idea. Probably Resident Evil or something. There you go. There you go. That'd be a fun one. Uh, ooh, you know what we should do? We should totally play the wrestling, and we should totally make versions of ourselves in the game so we can have, like, the Comic Multiverse Wrestling Federation. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, oh, shit, you know, Matt, uh, Mad Dog Matt is taking on, you know, uh, Mahler Joel for the uh, Comic Multiverse title. Whoever uh, wins the title gets to host the show. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't that just play as, what's his name, Kevin Owens? Part, yeah, as everyone keeps saying, or it's like, man, uh, Matt, you did a great job creating yourself in the game. No, that's just Kevin Owens, though. <laughs> I, I, I tried really hard in the last game, and I actually made a dude who looked a lot like me. <laughs> I was pretty proud of the creation tools. Apparently the new game, which I haven't bought yet, apparently the creation tools in like uh, 2K17 are like even better. Yeah? If uh, Oh, yeah, if I had the time... And if I was getting paid for it, maybe I would do, like, the comic book YouTuber wrestling federation where you'd get, like, everybody in there and you'd do run-ins and everything. And then I'm like, that would take a lot of time. <laughs> that would. That would. See, this is why I need to get the caped intern is what I need. <laughs> get him to work on that. <laughs> hey, caped intern. You're working through Christmas, damn it. <laughs> Look, you be Cratchit, I'll be Scrooge. I'll deal with the ghosts. You edit them videos through Christmas. <laughs> oh shit I guess with that coming up too Christmas not too far away now we'll have to figure out what we're doing for them we might have to do a special Christmas themed episode I think so yeah actually people were already asking us for like Halloween themed stuff oh god yeah that's coming up that Jesus is. Christ a fan asked us if we wanted to do Freddy vs. Jason in a commentary I'm like ooh I love that movie but I don't know how well it would do on the channel yeah we should do something like uh, the Constantine movie or something. Oh, good. That's a horror movie, all right. <laughs> so much horror. Actually, did you see there's like a new Hulk Halloween thing out there now? Yeah, it, it's got Doctor Strange in it, and yeah. That that seems just bad enough and just short enough we could probably do that. Yeah, the Marvel animation is pretty terrible. They really are. That's unfortunate. I wish yeah. they'd start doing things for, not even for adults, I just wish they'd start doing things for all ages again. Well, I think that like now that they're sort of investing themselves in AAA games again, they might pick up on the animation side again as well. Yeah, we can hope. Give Greg Wiseman another show, damn it. 
Let him do anything. Hey, man, Dave Filoni is no longer the, the supervising director on Rebels. Make him do something. That's true, man. Put him to work on anything. Yeah. <laughs> the Star Jammers from David Filoni. Oh. That's almost too good to be true, right? That would basically just be another Rebels, just with, you know, Crosshair and all those other guys. Yeah, just get Greg Wiseman to bring back Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Uh, get Greg Wiseman to bring back Gargoyles. It's a thing you already own. Wouldn't that be some shit? You know all the kids <laughs> who grew up with that show, Marvel, Disney, are our ages now and have lots of disposable income. <laughs> Imagine Gargoyles, the next generation. Uh. And now we're just doing crazy fan casting. Now we gotta bring the show to an end now. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> See ya.